0: You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Let me try to set my clock because I am Hispanic and you give a sermon of 30 minutes to a Hispanic, that's child abuse. (laughs) (laughs) Because we take in 30 minutes, for us, it's nothing. Well, that's the way our culture sees time, so we don't pay too much attention to the clock. We pay more attention to relationships. So it doesn't matter what time you arrive, what matters is that you arrive. And then it doesn't matter when you leave, because after you finish, then there's always another conversation and a coffee. But I... I am here today to talk about discipleship. Take with me, discipleship. discipleship. I don't know how many of you understand the importance of discipleship in the 21st century. So I am from Cuba, as I said. Let me try again, and this if this works. Technology OK, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I am from Cuba, and I was born May 25, 1974. So I'm 45 and I've been serving Christ when, um, since 2001, when I was 27. So um, I am a veterinarian doctor by profession. So when I finished my career, my passion was to work with horses and dogs. That's why I came to the United States chasing the American dream. And my goal was to have a big house, two kids, one dog, and have my own clinic. Right? So when I came to the United States, that was, that was my plan, planting and having my own clinic, working with horses and, and dogs where the money is. <laughs> Not uh, in other places, but in Kentucky out of all places. And then I came here, but then, you know that when you finish your selfish, your selfish plans, God has a big scissor in heaven. And when you finish with all this selfish dream about yourself, he comes down. The moment you say, your Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. He shift everything. Get the scissor and begin to, <laughs> to cut your dreams into something else. So instead of opening a veterinarian clinic, I begin to plant churches and more churches and more churches. And my passion is to plant churches. But we know that there is no any commandment in the Bible to plant churches. The commandment in the Bible is about discipleship. Go and made disciples, because we know that every disciple is pregnant with a church. So the moment you receive Christ, that's a personal decision. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my life. For me, that's the first level of discipleship. And when you read First Thessalonians, you're going to see the importance of discipleship when Paul is talking to this church and challenging the church to move forward, to go out, to preach the gospel. So radical discipleship, the 21st century requires requires radical discipleship. We're living in a society where more and more everything is about me and not about others. And discipleship is a calling to deny yourself. It's not a calling about being um, myself in the sense of the society today where we are just so focused on my career, my development, which is important and it's coming from a person who love uh, school, and I have learning as a value, so I'm always learning, and the degrees that I have, I have it as a result of this value, which is learning. And I will continue learning until I die, right? But the, the, the understanding that without faith it's impossible to please God. So this is not about my mind, it's about my heart. And Jesus, last time I checked, he wants to find a place in your heart, not in your head. Now, it's important to think, and that's why I'm Methodist, because as a Methodist, we have a process for everything. <laughs> we have a method for everything. And I think that that's, that's, that's why I'm Methodist, because I need to understand what I'm believing, and having a process to understand what I'm believing. But understanding that the first level of discipleship is Jesus is Lord. Say with me, Jesus is Lord. So when you understand that, that's a very radical statement. I don't know how many of you believe that Jesus is Lord, but the moment you believe that, your life cannot be the same. I came from Lexington. It was raining. I was lost trying to find this huge building. (laughs) And then I just got wet, and I thought, how is it possible that when you go out to your car, From your car and it's raining, you get wet. Why? Because it's raining. Simple. So when you become a disciple, (laughs) something has to change because the power of God is stronger than the rain. You cannot say Jesus is Lord and then continue living your life as it used to be. Jesus is Lord is a very powerful statement where you have to realign your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, who you are, your friends, your places, the places that you used to visit, everything changed around you when the moment you declare Jesus Christ as Lord. And for me, that's a very powerful statement. And how do I, how do I know that you are becoming a disciple? How do, I know, how, how do I know that you just received Christ and your life is changing? Simple questions. Is your conversation new? Or you continue talking about the same things? The moment you receive Christ, what happens is that now you begin to focus on on knowing God as Lord and Savior and understanding God's mission. So for me, when you receive Christ, everything begins to change in your life. So your conversation is new, you begin to have new friends, you begin to visit new places, you begin to have new thoughts. And everything begins to change around you as a result of an encounter with God. And I believe that it's impossible to follow Christ without an experience with God. This is why when I left Cuba, it's a persecuted country where the church doesn't have the same freedom that we have here in the United States. You have to believe because believing in Christ in Cuba will cost something to you. It will cost your career, your future. You either have to leave the country or if you are there, you know that you know that you know that the cost that you're going to pay for discipleship is really high. And when we understand God's mission, that God loved me so much that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for me on the cross, and then Jesus loved me so much that He died for me on the cross, and then the Holy Spirit loved me so much that He came after Christ to continue His work in revealing Christ to me, I cannot do anything else. Everything that I do is related and interconnected with that. So we need to know God's mission. We have a mission. And if you are here, I believe that if you are here, somehow, somewhere you believe that there is a God. The question is, who is your God? Because people usually say, well, God is everywhere. God has different faces. God, no, no, no. You have to make a decision, who is your God? My God has a name, and his name is Jehovah. My Lord has a name, and his name is Jesus. So when I see people calling God it, or the universe, or the force, or something like that, I just get crazy. It's it's like somebody's calling me it, or you are the force, or you are something. I mean, you have a name. Your God has a name. My God has a name. So I want to go call my God By his name, and his name is Jehovah. And he's the God of the universe. He's the creator of heaven on earth, the sea, and everything in them. And when I believe that, then I receive a mission. A mission. What is the mission? To go out and make disciples. Now, at the same time, we understand these questions where we need to begin to think about discipleship in a different lens. So number one, Jesus is Lord. That's the first level of discipleship. Number two, Jesus teachings. So you have the Bible right here. You have, your, you have the Bible. The Bible is, reflects God's word, but I believe with all my heart that God's word goes beyond the Bible. Because when you see Paul and you see the apostles preaching about, preach, the ga- preach God's word, preach the gospel, they didn't have this written yet. <laughs> so their understanding of God's words goes beyond everything we see. And understanding that we not only say Jesus is Lord, but now we're also only we're going to submit to his teachings. Therefore, when I read my Bible, I don't read my Bible just to learn. I read my Bible to be transformed. I don't read the Bible just to preach it to other people. I read the Bible for me to be transformed my mind, my thoughts. And that's why I refuse to learn Hebrew and Greek just for the sake of of understanding. I'm not here to understand, I'm here to be transformed. And the moment the Hebrew and the Greek takes me away from transformation, I quit reading the Bible in Hebrew and Greek. Because now what is happening is that we're using Hebrew, Greek, psychology, 300 things (laughs) to interpret and read the Bible, and the result is not transformation, it's discussions. People are divided, talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Discipleship is not a speech, it's a lifestyle. So first, we, we move from Sola Escritura, that was a movement from 500 years ago. Sola Escritura, in Latin. I love Latin because it comes from Spanish, comes from Latin. (laughs) Sola Escritura. Okay. It was a movement about Sola Escritura. After that, in the 19th century, we, we moved to Prima Escritura. So now we talk about scripture, but now we add reason and we add Reason and, and and experience, and we have tradition and the dogma of the church. And now in the twenty-first century, it's not prima escritura anymore; it's segunda or something else. Because we continue adding staff, adding staff, adding staff, and removing the Bible from the center of the life of a disciple. And that's a mistake colossal. Because every time I see a revival on earth, I see the Bible at the center of it. Every time I see a revival, I see prayer. I see fasting at the center of it. In the moment we stop doing this, in the moment we allow reason to become the lenses through which we are going to process everything, we are lost. Because this is by faith and by faith only. So I believe with all my heart that we need to understand God's mission and going out and make disciples out of the nation. So, my question is, what is a disciple then? So, we have Jesus is Lord, number one, level level number one, level number two, Jesus' teaching. We have to submit to Jesus' teaching, to what the Bible says for transformation. And number three, where we are failing the most, Jesus' lifestyle, trying to do... (laughs) and walk like Jesus. I mean, sometimes we read the Bible and we know the Bible very well by living it out. That's the challenge. So we need to know God's mission. We need to be making disciples. We need to know God's message, God's word, preaching the gospel. Preaching what? The gospel. Not three steps to be happy, five steps to prosper, two steps to fix your marriage. Preaching what? The gospel the gospel, and what is good news for my people. That's a good question that we need to ask. And then love your people, preaching the gospel to them, and help them to understand that this is not about me, me, me. It's about dying to myself. And that's, if I post in Instagram or, or Facebook or Twitter, die to yourself, I'll, I'm not going to have many likes in the 21st century. Because in the 21st century, everything is about power, pressure, uh, poverty, pride, fame, fitness. I want to be fit. <laughs> All the focus is on the body, not on the soul, not on the spirit. It's easy to fix the body than to feed the mind. And to feed the spirit. So that's what we're doing today: fitness, happiness, my legacy. Everything is about me. Even legacies continue to be here, I mean, extending myself so when I'm gone, I have a place, some place that says, I donated this line, this building. When you are a disciple, you, don't, you are not so worried about your legacy. You are, you are worried about the mission. You are worried about the message. Let people remember Jesus. Not you, not me. And that understanding really changed and shifts everything. Especially in a society where everything is about self, self, self. A focus on sexuality, greed, money, success. Success in the 21st century is about getting stuff, attachment. People get attached to houses, cars, dogs, money, power, pressure. And what is discipleship? Detach, letting go. Letting go. The moment you let go, I don't know if that happens to you, but sometimes when I'm at when I'm when I'm stressed and I'm anxious, usually I'm holding something too tight. The moment you let it go, that's it. That's it. I remember when I do I was doing my my one of my exams um, to become a, a doctor. There was so much pressure that. Presentation. I have to discuss and present before so many people what I wrote, and I was so nervous because if they say no, you, are, you need to go back it would, two years or one more year of research and continue doing that. And then I sit down and pray and say, listen, I surrender. If I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a doctor. If I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to become something else. That night, when I let go, I was able to do my presentation. And then that happens in the secular world. Then I, become, I became a pastor. And then I have the board ministry trying to decide if I was ordained or not. Same thing. I have to read. I have to study. I have to go before them and test that I know what I know and I believe what I believe. And then the same night, very stressed, trying to be, uh, to, to satisfy what they want until I pray again and said, you know what? If I am ordained, I am ordained. And if I am ordained, and I believe I am, I am ordained by God to preach the gospel. So the church has to align. If the church is, a, is the church of God, they have to align to what God is saying. So if they say no, then so be it. Then I rest again. So I encourage you to practice This, detachment, don't fall in love with things, fall in love with people. So that's the message. Know the message. Know that God has a powerful message for you and for me. And then as we move forward, we're going to become not only disciples, but making disciple-makers, which means that when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, you become a disciple. That's not the end of the road. That's the beginning of the road, because now the expectation is that you become a disciple-maker. So what is happening right now in the United States is that for so many generations, The church was worshiping and coming to the church, coming to the church, worshiping, reading the Bible, but we were not teaching other people to make disciples. So we have many disciples that didn't make more disciples. And as a result, now, again, as I was presenting, I'm the district superintendent for Lexington. We have so many people in our churches, most of them, 60, you are young in our churches. If you are 60, you are, you are a young disciple, okay? So what is going on? So we miss the mark of transferring the message and the gospel and the lifestyle to our children and to other people. So the goal of God is not for me to become a disciple, but to become a disciple maker, being able to transfer this message to other people. A church that only comes to a temple, and you see in the book of Acts that the church was was meeting in the temple and in the houses. So the church in America is handicapped because the whole focus is on where? Temple, temple, temple. The moment you remove the houses, you remove the witnessing in the community, you remove you yourself as a family worshiping in your own house. And that's what access. The church that is in your house. Read the book of Acts again and again and again. The church that is in your house. So, if your children are not seeing you, if you don't see your parents worshiping, guess what? You're not going to know, you're not going to learn to worship God. You learn that the only place to worship is where? In the church. So, we begin to make a Walmart of our life, a department for worship, a department for Bible study, a department for my secular job. And then you have to make decisions about what to do depending on where you are. But for me, in my house, we are always worshiping, and I make sure that I worship in a place that my daughter can see me. So when she gets up in the morning, the first thing she sees is daddy worshiping. Doing my devotional, spending time with God. And that, little by little, that's impacting her life. Because now, wherever she goes, she goes with a devotional and in English. <laughs> in English. She goes with a devotional in English because she prefers English than Spanish. But because of that, now in the school where she is, her friends, now they also bought a devotional. And now everybody's buying devotionals because she has one. My point is that we need to to model for others before we can transfer this message to other people. So God wants us us to become disciple-makers, not only to become disciples. So by this fact, we understand that the whole focus of God is people, not things. And the process that we have to embrace is the fact that God loves all the nations. He loves everyone. I see all these flags, and every culture is important because God created every single culture. And I've been traveling around the world and seeing different expressions of the church around the world only to see that every culture sees God through their own eyes. And then I understand that the only way we can have a full picture of God is through all cultures. I am from Cuba. I am Hispanic. I'm, I've been here for 20 years. Now I'm leading in a position where I'm leading um, many, many American churches and African-American churches and Korean churches and Hispanic churches, and I'm doing all of that, but I know that I am Hispanic. And I refuse to be something else. Because the moment I try to be American or something else, you lose. Because I need who you are, and you, know, and you need who I am, and together, Kabunga, <laughs> you have a church, you have mission. We need each other. So I went to Vietnam, and I see a Bien- and I saw a Vietnamese Jesus, little Korean Jesus, in Korea. And then Vietnam, Korea, in Africa, I saw a black Jesus. In Israel, I saw a brunette Jesus. And then in England, I saw a blonde, blue-eyed Jesus. (laughs) And then I went to Cuba, and I saw a white Jesus. I said, what happened? What is going on? I went to Vietnam, and I saw a little Asian Jesus. I went to Korea, and I saw a skinny, tall Asian Jesus. And I go to Africa and see a black Jesus. And then I go to Cuba and see a white Jesus. What is going on? What's happened? Colonization happened. Spain went to Cuba. And guess what? This is the Jesus that you're going to preach. This is the Jesus that you're going to embrace. Here you are. And that's why it's so important to love people. Because the first rule to love people is what? Empty yourselves. We, you have, if you want to preach the gospel and reach other people for Christ, we need to empty ourselves. We need to empty ourselves. We need to let go of the things that are not allowing us to preach the message as it is and allow people to embrace the gospel according to their own culture, 100% African, 100% Latino, a 100% American, a 100% Asian. Because the gospel is life. It's a lifestyle. And we need to allow that culture to live that lifestyle. So love the nations. And I want to encourage you to love the nation, Love all people. Don't try to be them. Don't try to, don't try to change them. The higher mark of love is allowing people to be who they are. If you have friends, how many of you have friends? Good. I know is your friends are good friends if they allow you to be who you are. The moment they're trying to change you and control the way you think and feel and what you're going to do and when you're going, they're not friends. Run! They are not friends. A true friend will allow you to be who you are, to say what you feel and think. I'm going to close with this. If this allows me to go, good. If you forget everything I say, I said, this is the way we make disciples, this is the way we transfer the message and the mission and God's word to others. First, model, become a model. The first rule of the kingdom of God is come and see. They need to see a true disciple so they can become one. Number two, motivate, encourage others. People are tired. People are going through heavy stuff. They don't need you to come with the Bible and judge, judge them and hit them with the Bible. After they came to church or to your house, seeking some peace and encouragement. So encourage people, believe in them, love them. Number two, mentor. Invest yourself in others. And you say, well, I don't know, I don't know. Yes, you know. My question to you is, if God did something in your life, you have a testimony, that's what you need to transfer to other people. You don't need to know the whole Bible. The first church I planted, I knew nothing about the Bible, just very little, seven months in Christ. I came to Christ 2001, August 4, planted the first church 2002 in February. How I did it, I don't know. I just knew that I was transferring what I, was, what I received, my testimony, what God did, and people begin to pick on that. Multiply, become a disciple maker. Make sure that you transfer discipleship to others, love people, and help them to reach the goal of becoming a disciple. And then mobilize, go. Say with me, go. Go. You cannot be a disciple sitting on a chair. You need to go. That's the purpose of discipleship. What I learned today, you transfer when? The next day. So this discipleship, that the focus is learning, learning, learning. Discipleship 101, 102, 103, 104. And they give you, and, and they give you a, a certificate or a diploma. 102, 102, 102 your, your head continues big, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger. And you don't go anywhere. Well, discipleship one-on-one, you finish one-on-one, go and teach it to somebody else. Until you teach it to somebody else, I'm not going to teach you discipleship one or two. Because what is the point? It's not about learning, it's about transforming life for Christ. Thank you and God bless you. Let me pray for you real quick before I go. Can you stand, please? I don't know how many people we have here, but I want to pray because it's just one of you get it. Just one. I don't need 300. I need one. God loves to do things with few people. You see the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the power of two or three, not 300, two or three. If two or three come together, anything can be done. If two or three come together, I will, I will be there. If just one of you get it, my work here is done. Can you raise your hand to heaven if you believe that Jesus is Lord? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this generation. The task and the mission at hand is so tough, especially right now in the 21st century. I pray that you give them wisdom, clarity, boldness to preach the gospel to the nations. I pray, Father, that they become the hand of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, that they live out the fact that Jesus is Lord, that they find on themselves submission to your teachings so they can live out your word. I pray for their parents, I pray for their friends, I pray for their minds so they can finish school and nothing will stop them to finish school because we need disciples who are prepared for the 21st century. More and more, we need our disciples to understand not only the kingdom work, but also the secular world. You have sent us into the marketplace to make a difference. So I send this generation, I send these students, into the world. Protect them, Lord, and give them grace, power, and love to love all the nations. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.